Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, after this long winter, my family needs a style pick-me-up for spring. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, spring's first big sale is on now. Pick up fresh styles for the family from just $5, 10 and $15. With tees and tanks from 5 bucks, kids' shorts from 10 bucks, and jeans from 15 bucks. Whoa, styles from just 5 bucks? That's right. Plus, get 50% off swimwear and buy online and pick up in-store for free today. Now that's a real pick-me-up. Get to Old Navy and OldNavy.com now for spring styles from 5 10 and 15 bucks. About 318 to 326 in-stores. Select styles only. Exclusive licensed and in-store clearance. Hey, I'm Oliver Burr. And I'm Sarah Griffin. And this is Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a piece of pop culture that was important to them when they were young. Our guest today is a member of Diet of Worms and one of the writers of Becca's Bunch, Shane Langan. Hi, Welcome how's it to going? Welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Very, We're very excited about your subject. Yes. So tell us what it is. Let's just dive right in. Uh, yes, let's dive right in. Uh, do I want to talk... Oh, hang on now. What? What's going on? I thought, not... you had, I thought you had no notes whatsoever. Oh, am I not allowed <laughs> and, then you, and then you flipped over your notebook. Am I not allowed of notes? I felt, is I was this like, like the moth? No, this is good. No, I'm, I'm glad you do. Because I, I was like... I was just looking at your second. notebook and there were three cool S's, S's. drawn. And I was like, Shane has <laughs> just like, got okay, a I was like, okay, I was going to jot down a few things. I went, no, Shane has no notes, so I'll go for you well, I'm actually, and then you flipped it over. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you. Yes, I do. I have one, two, three. I have three and a bit pages. Four and well, a bit I pages. I feel terrible now. No, I'm really nervous. Actually, okay. I'm very nervous. Don't I, be. I, I, you know, I'm. You're come on a podcast, especially one like this, and it, it is on you to be interesting. And I, you know, like I haven't been on like a date in like 13 <laughs> years, so I don't usually have that pressure on me. Mm-hmm. So this is. I'm really feeling it. Okay. So I made notes. That's good. No, is it's that, good. Is that I'm cool? really glad no, that notes the room great. that we're sitting in is is like 35 degrees in heat as well, just yes. in case yeah. you're, you want to be more uncomfortable. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yes, we're so. going to talk about <laughs> space. Yes, we are. Um, it's very exciting. Which was a, uh, a sitcom uh, which aired in uh, uh, first in 1999 uh, on Channel 4. And mm. it was about um, uh, Tim and Daisy uh, Tim is a, an aspiring graphic artist or comic, comic book, book comic artist. Book yeah. artist and Daisy was an aspiring uh, journalist and they uh, were strangers who moved into the same flat together and pretended to be a couple so that they could get the flat. And then lots of fun stuff happened after that. So did you watch it like in the original run? Do you remember watching it? Yeah, I did. I think I used to just watch Channel 4 on Friday nights Me and too. whatever yeah, yeah. was on. So I think like this probably would have been just after Father Ted ended maybe on Channel 4, mm. maybe the year before that or something like that. So it was kind of a really good time for comedy on like a Friday night. It would have been on like after Friends, I yeah. would say, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I just watched it. I didn't know anything about it. I would have probably known um, probably Simon Pegg. Um, was that his first outing? No, he'd done quite a bit before that. Actually, he was in so like Big Train was before this. Fucking Big Train! Was yeah. It? Oh my god, I forgot about Big Train. Yeah, Big Train was super weird. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely incredible show. I haven't thought about Big Train in ten years. <laughs> wow. We can't talk about it now, though. No, it's no, a sequel. That's the second episode. It. We can't talk yeah. about Big Train right now. But him and Mark Keeper in that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So huh. um, they were and and yeah, like Kevin Eldon would have popped up in space as well. Oh yeah, and, he's in everything. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I definitely would that would have sort of maybe attracted to me, but I probably would have just watched it anyway. It was, and it yeah. was it was just the most amazing. Yeah, I remember like show. watching that first episode. Yeah, and they did the Terminator Two thing, the Tom's thing, <laughs> and I was like, I've never seen that before, and I got that joke, and yeah. I'm 15, and I feel brilliant about this myself is now. For me now. And then just <laughs> the editing is like nothing you've ever seen. Incredible, it's, yeah. All the camera work and all the editing is so confident and so yeah. Stylized. Like Edgar Wright knew exactly what he wanted to yeah. do, and he just went for it. Nobody really stopped him, which is no. good. No, I got the impression they were kind of given sort of carte blanche. Mm, yeah, from Channel Four, because um, when you look at sort of like the documentaries of how, you know the behind the scenes or the sort of making of stuff, they seem to sort of like that seemed to be certainly what was going on. They were mm. kind of left to their own devices, which is pretty cool. And they were commissioned for the second series before the first series aired. Were they? Yeah. So they're given a lot of. Mm. A lot of confidence was put in them, remarkably. That's kind of a beautiful thing, isn't it? Yeah. Given how weird and true Spaced feels as a piece of work. Yeah, and it's really, like, if you think about it sort of now, when a show goes out, 
there's no I mean it's very rare that would happen now the they'd have to wait neutered, and see what like everything gets neutered yeah mm-hmm. and they'd have to wait and see what Twitter thinks before oh, yeah. they could even think about commissioning a second series you know Queer Eyes for only thing that's getting automatically renewed every year yeah well they started yeah. filming season 3 today wow yeah, I'm scared it, to watch it in case I hate it it's 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 perfect. You love it. Oh, yeah. Everyone says that, <laughs> um, but I think with with something like spaced, like they feels it feels it's a sitcom, but it feels like it's expressing something as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's so it's re like it it feels the characters feel so real and grounded mm. in some ways, but yet it's sort of juxtaposed with all this absolute surrealness, bananas, yeah. Yeah. and confident, weird, playful mm. film in jokes. Yeah. Which would be, which I think would get, which wouldn't, just wouldn't work as well if you didn't like buy into the characters and all the relationships between them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I saw a thing with Simon Pegg where he said that like they were watching Friends and stuff, which was supposed to be like reflecting life for people in their 20s mm. in the big city. And he was looking around and was like, that's not my life at yeah. all. We like smoke a lot of weed and play PlayStation and go out sometimes. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. Yeah. And it works. And Friends is aspirational and spaced is authentic. Mm. Yeah. Like, I was 11 in, in 1999 or something. Mm. And when by the time that I was their age, that was still my life. Yeah. You know, and when I came to Spaced, it was by a, like a DVD event. My, my friend Helena's sister worked in Terror Records and had all the DVDs before everybody else. Mm. We just inhaled it. We're, yeah. we, were in our, we were in our teens and um, late teens. And it was, yeah, it, it's, it's so starkly opposite to Friends. Yeah. And so much better. Yeah. And yet, and so much truer, and yet it's kind of still a bit culty. Yeah. Mm. You know? Yeah, it is, yeah. But I, I found, I, you know, I found it, I was, well, well I guess I was 16 mm. when it came out. I found it really aspirational in a, in a weird way. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. like, yeah. they were really, you know, cool. cool they were and, really cool. Yeah, they weren't cool, really, you know. They were Now they were, watching it, you're devastated for them. Yeah. <laughs> but at the time, it's like, oh, yeah. I want cans. Yeah. So, like, basically, I think when I started watching, I was probably about, I guess, give or take 10 years younger than them. Well, and, and now I'm about 10 years older than them. Um, but, uh, yeah, still kind of to a certain degree, feel like I'm living that life as well. Yeah. This is my first time watching. I watched all of it at the end of the weekend. Yeah. It was my first time watching it since I was older than them. Right. And yeah, it's weird. Mm. I, I've, uh, one thing that's good about it is that the flat is actually the size that flats are, yeah. <laughs> which is really unusual for television. Sure, yeah. Um, that cramped, like I, we, I definitely had that sofa like when I was mm. in second year and third year in college, which is when we watched um, Spaced. When we were supposed to be studying for exams, we watched Spaced season two over and over again. Just yeah. watch like what we're we going to do this afternoon. Stick on Spaced. Spaced again, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so. They're so young. Like Simon Pegg has mm. a tiny little baby face. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, a he bad was so beard. handsome. I loved him. Really? I yeah. I, I just thought he was gorgeous. I don't know what was wrong with me, but I I kind of do a little bit still. But there is something very um, kind of sweet about his face at that point. Like he's just like yeah. He's he lovely. Angelic little yeah, he's real yeah, lovely yeah. looking, and um, like I feel like I've I've known Tim. A sure. million times mm, yeah. over my life. And, and not only have I known daisies, I've been one. Mm. You know, like there's something kind of, they captured something zeitgeisty yeah. Yeah. in those characters and in their relationship. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we've seen anything like it since. No. Or we definitely won't again. No. Like it's no, And I think especially how they sort of like represented a sort of platonic relationship between a boy and a girl. Yeah. I think that's, I know it's been done before, but I don't think it's ever been done that well. They really. captured that weird thing in the air where it is platonic and it isn't platonic. It's yeah. platonic question point. Yeah. And that's... They didn't lean on that too much. No. You know? It's all in the nuances. Yeah. Uh, until the very end, of mm. course. And that's all kind of... We don't know what the crack is there yeah. anyway. But they're... I think the writing of it is very, very, very nuanced and um, authentic. Very much so. And still funny. Yes. Yeah. Like they could no. be a couple, but they don't have to be. No, no. Like they're, they would be the best, still be best friends, even if nothing ever happens. And mm. it, their like relationship isn't affected by that spark. No, I mean, no. They can easily, quite easily ignore it. And tip into the rest of their lives. Or anything. Yeah. yeah. Like if you did the space story in the style of friends, mm. like there would have been in the, in the first episode, the two of them, it, w- it would have been 
that would have been the central query of every episode yeah. is will mm. they won't they yeah rather than the quiet question that hangs over the whole show is will they mm. i don't care if they do i'm good here. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm okay yeah. you know and the yeah. surrounding cast is amazing as well absolutely yeah I l- like the cast is absolutely incredible like um Mike, Nick Frost played like he, oh. he he that was he was like he wasn't an actor he was mm. he was just a person he was just a person yeah. he was just uh, he'd done a bit of stand up hadn't he I think had he I mean, yeah he I might think, have yeah. done yeah yeah and but he was he was uh, Simon Pegg's um, flatmate mm. and they sort of had to lie to Channel Four and say he's an actor mm. and to get him the part and I don't think Edgar Wright was that keen obviously <laughs> to have somebody <laughs> play a, a rando in a role. <laughs> yeah well, my mate's really funny like that that's always a really great thing to hear um but uh he was amazing like and you look at you look at that character that's i think that was like a character he used to do around the house or whatever mike but he was like an older character and he was sort of you know a bit more like he seems like this is like a dude who's like really he was in the territorial, Ar- territorial army is really into guns and you think okay well, that's a very big broad character and but he's got so much going on. Like he's such a, he's such a kind character, and he's such a like emotionally, like now and again, sort of emotionally articulate character. And sort of you know, and it's sort of like despite all the trappings of, you know, serious masculinity, all the guns and all that. There's something very soft. Very soft yeah. about him. It's kind of like the way like a like a child is obsessed with action films, mm. yeah. rather than the way like, like a weird guy living on his own. Yeah stripping machine guns which Mike did do but like in a childlike way um, yeah but yeah you don't feel, yeah. it doesn't feel like that because I had a friend like that in college um, we called him a right wing friend ah, and yes. he's in the army now and he won't tell us what he does in the army so that's suspicious but um, we were sitting in a pub once and he said he knew how he would clear the, the pub in under two minutes <laughs> I was like okay um, and that's fine I mean he's still a very nice man he has a cat and it's, yeah. it's good oh is he a cat person yeah <laughs> <laughs> we love cat people yeah uh, but that Mike character is, I think, the other true kind of love story of space is Tim and Mike. Yeah. Mm. And Wright goes on to elevate and explore that in like the Cornetto trilogy. Like, I think that is, I love their friendship. Yeah. And I love that it's romantic. Mm. And again, it feels true. The best male friendships have that like silent communication mm. and that just nuanced understanding of one another and it, it is romantic it is a romantic friendship and i do think that it is the great romance of space yeah you know aside from i think it's on a par with the the romance of daisy yeah do you know absolutely yeah and i and got like and that sort of like that mike and tim thing that romance is um kind of sort of reminiscent of a show that came afterwards versus scrubs <gasps> oh yeah mm, which i really don't like at all I feel like Scrubs is weird background noise on the sky at a certain time in the evening. I don't think I ever watched yeah. it. I kind of feel like whoever made that was was a bit of a spaced fan mm. in a big way, and yeah. then did. And then uh, to me, I, mean, I, know, I know lots of people like it, and that's fine. But Good. yeah, I read I just the first like, like three or four seasons of it, yeah. and then it got very melodramatic. Is it like the Coldplay of television? Is it just a television show that exists? It's a little bit weirder. Is it weird? It, 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 it does go weird. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's very into its uh, lessons. Oh, I hate so, that. And it becomes more lessons and jokes as it goes on. Yeah. So, but yeah, definitely. That's, it, that's what I always just saw. It, was like that. it had definitely watched Green Wing and Spaced and yeah. Jam and just pretended that it was an American invention. Yeah, and I think some things just don't don't feel. Don't, I won't say don't translate, but don't feel as comfortable in the hands of Americans mm. in the same way that they feel. Like I know they did. Like I know they obviously like everything else. They tried to do an American version of Spaced. And obviously just didn't work because this is just like, I think, I think something um, Edgar Wright said about space was like, you couldn't really do it over there because they, you know, these are characters who are sort of imagining themselves in sort of these Hollywood scenarios. You know mm. what I mean? When they yeah. do these sort of flashbacks. It needs a chasm. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it, would ju- it just doesn't feel like that, you know, Americans doing that doesn't feel, because they're not oh, because removed enough from that. somebody in a pub that. in America for two minutes, you find out like they're Steven Spielberg's second cousin's kid once mm. removed. Like yeah. everything is too, like... Ireland is a village, but America is also a village. Yeah. Like, things are more possible. There's something more tragic about Daisy and Tim's quests for their dream careers because, mm. like... It feels further away. It is further away. Yeah. And that's why we're with them because it's as far away for all of us. Yeah, you like, know? Tim's thing is there's like, there's, like, one company he can work for. Yeah, sound familiar? That's it, yeah. Like, that's it. If he, doesn't have, if he doesn't have them, he has nothing. Yeah. That's his whole life. Yeah. Also, Tim's artwork, the 2000 AD style... Yeah. Is so British. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's totally the opposite of American <laughs> yeah, comics. Sure. Yeah. They actually got an actual 2080 artist to do that. Really? Yeah. 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 
So I, I loved the bear. super violent and that kind of big eye, not anime, but also but big eye. Yeah, that stuff. It's total 2080, which I was very briefly obsessed with. I was about eight or nine. I had like two <laughs> annuals, and that was it. Oh, that's, that, that, remi- over. that reminds me. I think my favorite joke in the whole series is um, I think it must be in the first episode where Tim is showing Daisy his artwork, is mm. telling about the bear and all yeah. this, mm. and she's kind of like politely sort of nodding, nodding along, yeah. and then she, and then at the end she goes, "Oh, that reminds me." Uh, Marcia said about the rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to bring it downstairs and bring it out the back. I just thought that was so funny. Poor fucking Daisy yeah. as well, and her <laughs> shitty writing career. Like, yeah, uh, me and me and Alan were talking about this during the week. Um, and we have said this many times on Jimmy Lee before that the dream, everybody's dream career is being a journalist in the 1990s. Mm. And poor Daisy <laughs> is pathologically uncool yeah. and is going into an industry that if she had been able to do it in, it would be the coolest job. And the episode mm. where she goes into the magazine yeah, for the job, yeah. it's still <laughs> the saddest thing in the world. I've been, I've been there. Not yeah. quite, I mean, if I, not, those jobs don't exist anymore, but I know what it is to be a daisy in that room. Yeah. You know, like there is something so, uh, like she's no, not, it's terrible to say they're both no good, but they're both 24, yeah. 25. And that's all they have to be. Yeah. They don't have to be go to 24 or 25 because mm. it's before before the 24 and 25 of today where you have to have already been a Twitter genius by that age yeah. to be successful. It's an analog thing they have and an analog world they live in. And that makes it more painful. But also, it's e- I don't know, easier to root for them or something. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Know. I, that, that's really, that is such a funny scene as well when she goes in oh, and is trying to sort of connect with these and she says like girl power at the end <laughs> it's uh the costumes yeah. are tremendous yeah well. her and twi- whoever was putting the clothes together for yeah. her and twist like and they re-wear their cost- clothes all the time like people like people do yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Daisy has this one, one blue t-shirt with like mm-hmm. a logo on it that she wears with like different kimonos and it's like her go-to t-shirt those kimonos are something else <laughs> yeah and like Jesus Brian we haven't, talk- we haven't even talked about Brian no Brian's incredible as well. Again, another character like Mike who sort of has a very broad feel to it or a very broad pitch mm. to him, but there's so much. They've just, I mean, Mark Heap's an incredible actor, mm. um, but they've written such a sort of nuanced character with so many sort of like he's living this lie where his parents don't know what he does for a living and he's got the whole Marsha sort of uh, arrangements <laughs> and, and then the twist Marsha's thing. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think one of the things really amazing about this character is is um, the relationships they've got yeah. they've got going on so they've got like you know every it's not so like every character so there's like I don't know how many it was like six five characters anyways mm. they've all got every one of them between each other has got something special going on has got something really sort of unique mm. in the relationships they've got these great characters but they've also got how they interact with each other is so interesting and could in itself be, they could be the centre of the show and that could be the central relationship yeah. but it's just circling around this one that we we like more, but I think the way they did that was absolutely incredible. Mm. Like Good. there's a there's a real like complexity to how they all interact, yeah. and I don't know how, I don't know how they did it. No, Those are short episodes. Mm. We're not talking about fifty minute HBO TV here. No, they squeezed it in really well. Yeah, and it didn't feel squeezed it's, in. It's like pure economics. Yeah, and uh, I again I I can't, something I can't kind of seem to get past is I don't they don't make them like this anymore. No. You know? No, it's a shame. And they don't villainize Mark. Like, there's no villain, you know? It's got that nice ensemble feel where none of these people are perfect, but none of them are stone-cold terrible. Yeah. And mm. the guilt that slowly mounts over lying to Marcia yeah. is... And you totally know why they've ended up in that situation. You could probably would have oh, done the same thing yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. But they've they've done a really horrible thing, yeah. and then when and she finds out, it's like, oh my god, that is really horrible. Could you imagine what it would be like to be in her position? Yeah, because she likes them. Yeah, yeah, you they're know? mates now. Yeah. yeah, and like she finds out at the birthday party when everybody Aww. else on the table already humiliating. Knows. Yeah, absolutely humiliating. Um, <sighs> my favorite Brian moment is in the second episode where Tim knocks on his door. And Brian says, who's there? And Tim says, Father Christmas. <laughs> and Brian opens the door with the most excited look on his face, like pure joy. And then sees him and goes, oh, hello. And it's just the best. I just love Mark Heap so much. Yeah. I watch him in everything. Yeah. Like, he makes everything better. Yeah. Have you been yeah. watching um, Friday Night Dinner? Yeah. So good in that. So good in that. Yeah. That's awesome. He does these weird, 
like nervous weirdos so good. Yeah. And the fact that his Greenman character was called Alan obviously yeah. resonates. Because <laughs> um, I would also have that complete lack of respect that everybody has for him yes. in Greenman if I was a doctor. Hmm. So, yeah, he's just every, like in, in like jam and stuff. Yeah. Just the amount of characters he plays. He's just an amazing yeah. actor. He's just like this treasure that Absolutely. not a lot of people know enough about, I think. No. He's older and than I thought he was as well. Yeah, he was. And space, he doesn't have a lot of lines. He just brings mm. a lot to that yeah. role. Like, he's just, is very funny. Yeah, I think it was originally going to be Julian Barrett playing oh, that part. wow. Yeah. Which. Uh, different Julian, show. Different show, totally. I think, mm. I really like Julian Barrett, but I, oh, don't so do think, I. I don't think he would have been, it wouldn't have been the same. Well, I don't I know, you never know, but. I think he doesn't have quite as sad as. Like Julian's face isn't as sad. Not enough humility. I no, he's not kind of as like yeah. I don't know what it is. He's a bit sparkier looking. Yeah, I don't know. I got the. It's weird. I got the sort of reading up and watching. You know, all the extras on the on the the DVDs and stuff like that. I kind of got the impression that you know they didn't necessarily have it all locked in when they sort of got the cast together and what these characters were going to be like exactly. And I kind of feel like like Marshy when you know. Uh, uh, her name is has, I'll check my notes Julia Deacon Julia Deacon yep. well done her brilliant uh, hair and her mad robes and her mm. cigarette like she's yeah. fucking brilliant like. I, think she, I, th- I think it was the way she talks about it is if it, they just like when she came it was like you're just a, a landlady mm. and we'll figure the rest out and then she sort of created the voice and based the sort of alcoholism and stuff like yeah, that on, on, a, on yeah. a friend too, you know and I think same with um with Mark Heap and stuff like that, you know what I mean. I think they they were afforded the opportunity to bring a lot to it, and Mike Mike's character was already one that existed beforehand. Mm. So I think that's probably if you can if you've got the access to people like that who can bring so much to the table, that's the real reason why it feels so authentic and so real and so you know right, right from the start it feels ready made and mm. really cool. I don't think I think it, I'm, I don't mean to keep comparing it to Friends, but if you have the same balance of three lads and three women mm. in the cast, and formula-wise, it's not different in terms of like living under the one roof and trying to kind of struggle by. But I think that I think you're right that th- th- everyone in it is working harder. Mm. You know, in terms of like I'm gonna edge into wanky territory, like. <laughs> artistically like bringing something to their yeah. characters like yeah. it's not just say the line's funny with an upward inflection at the end yeah. um, it's think about what we're gonna do it's more pa- not more panto but it's just uh, funnier it's, it's funnier it's funnier. more feels more collaborative and feels more like they're more of a gang than mm. than like a disparate sort of group of people who are brought together mm. you know mm. like just, I, there's less one liners as well so yeah. you have to like get to the next one-liner and yeah. camera true in front of no live audience probably helps as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can do a weird little thing that you don't have to rely on an audience picking up, mm. you, but you know a home audience will pick up on. Mm. So again, it's that cramped quarters. I think. Yeah, you have a lot of space to work with, and also like I mean, you know, because Mike and um, um, his head, uh, Mark Eaves character, Brian, Brian, Brian. Mike. There's just normal names. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're like not, they're mumblers, you know what I mean? They're mm. not necessarily sort of, you don't, you would really struggle to do that show and have those characters like that, obviously, um, in front of an audience because mm. they can just sort of mumble through stuff and sort of, and you know, their their um, ineloquence can be part of the character more mm. because it's such a focused in and sort of intimate show. I think that's what differentiates that British humour from the American humour thing again is that none of them are like a big bombastic character. No, yeah. None of them are like, a Chandler, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Who uh, who sucks air from the room, like yeah. a big character. They're all just kind of slightly weird people, mm. <laughs> slightly weird, slightly tragic people, yeah. mm-hmm. and that tonal balance works really well. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. I guess every so often Daisy tries to be like that, and it doesn't really work no. for her mm. <laughs> at yeah. all. Uh, but there's a a sense of kind of cohesion. Absolutely. And they could all be, you know, they could easily be, you know, done a different way. You know, if you sort of gave like a two line description of all these characters, they could be enormous characters. Mm. But they're not. They're they're there's such care with how they're sort of portrayed that it just it makes it all work really nicely in a really sort of realistic way. Like, I mean, to have Mike, this character who's got like access to all these guns and is just obsessed mm. with war and stuff like that to be such a, a you know, relatable and nice sort of real character is incredible. Mm. I love what they did with the Territorial Army. 
yeah. in that show. The fact that when he has like the meeting with him, they all have detached <laughs> yeah, Every one of them. So funny. Yeah. And when they all come out after the weekend, it's like a school bell rings and it's all children's voices yeah. and they're all carrying paintings. Yeah, coming exactly. out of yeah. Skipping out. Yeah. And then when they get caught by the security guard, of course, he knows Mike because of course yeah, yeah. the security guard is in the TA as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah such a good show. What's your favourite episode? Um, I like, um, I think it's called Metal. I think it's the uh, Robot Wars one. I think the Robot oh Wars, God, the and, Robot then, Wars one. and then on the other side of it is um, Daisy uh, working in the kitchen of the restaurant. It's kind of like a One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest yeah, yeah. Uh, thing. Yeah, I really like that. I liked the whole, I, I think the character I probably relate to most is probably Daisy mm-hmm. uh, as well. So I kind of feel like I've done temping in London, you know, as a 32 year old. Um, and it's uh, so I kind of heard, I loved her arc of sort of going into places and stuff like that and sort of telling to people telling people to fuck off and stuff like that, <laughs> which I didn't do but I would have liked to maybe um, but uh, yeah I kind of love all that and her procra- and the way her procrastination her typewriter is, man is, oh. is so the way they do that is so funny but metal's really good I think I think um, yeah it's it's just like it's two really funny stories I mm. think working really nicely together in tandem and Reese Shearsmith's so good in it as well oh Reese Shearsmith is so funny he's got never like he's just he hasn't aged in 20 years either no he looks he's, exactly the he's same he's got now. one of those faces yeah yeah god damn he has very good skincare routine yeah um, and there's yeah oh, there's no, a bit in it caught of that yeah that bit thing. The, have you seen that in like the documentary <laughs> yeah, yeah. where he's he literally just says oh I hadn't thought of that the first time to do it and he went that's not funny enough so he pushed it every single take so he makes them laugh every time and he doesn't stop. He just keeps on make, wanting to make them laugh harder and harder. Yeah. So it ends up as this, oh, I haven't thought of that by the end. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's such a little uh, slice of League of Gentlemen just in another show, which I love because yeah, yeah. that's r- such a League of Gentlemen voice. Um, but yeah, he's really funny. He's, one of the, he's definitely my favourite, I think, probably yeah. um, guest. Mm. And I think this, I read as well that... Um, made jokingly I presume when they were talking about when Simon Pegg and and, um, Jessica Hines were talking about where the characters would end up theoretically Mm. you know in 20 years time uh, Mike ended up with Dexter apparently oh so they Mm. made a life together so that's nice that's nice he was Dexter wasn't he yeah yeah Yeah. my favourite episode I think is the um, the night out one I was going to say that one which ended the Mm. gun battle yeah because that year we were watching that I walked into um, college, my philosophy class, one day, and one of the guys sitting in a desk pulled out a fake gun on me. <laughs> and oh I God. pulled out a fake gun, and we did that. Yeah. I went, oh, you're watching space? He went, what's space? Oh, no. <laughs> no way, really? Yeah, honestly, God. No, that's funny. So that's, that is actually true. That's a great episode. That yeah. really is, yeah. I think that I just, like, I loved the Jurassic Park reference in it so much. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was so, Clever like, boys. yeah. Like, can you get away with references like that now? Is that something that, like, I guess Edgar Wright kind of, that's his bread and butter now. You know, Not not his bread and butter, but it's such a mark of his authorship mm. that he's speaking to a wider canon all the time. Yeah. Like, he is speaking a cinematic language constantly as he goes. And, um, or even Scott Pilgrim, he's speaking the language of video games. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm. There's an, a, a visual language that he's talking all the time. And those are, there are occasionally some kind of deep cuts in space. Yeah. Do you know? Mm. Like, I know it was, you know, aired at like 10 p.m. on Channel Four or whatever. But now I don't know if you could if you could do that. Like, would you be allowed? There's make those two ways to doing pop culture references. I suppose there's a way space does it, where it's part of the story or it's like a shot. Mm. But if you don't get it, you just move on. Mm. Or the Sim- and the way the Simpsons does it yeah. as well. And then there's the Family Guy way doing it, which is here is a thing from a thing. Look at the thing from the thing, yeah. and then you go back to the story. So, and Community does took a lot from space. Maybe not intentionally, but it's definitely that same marker of oh. the way they do pop culture is where if you're getting it you're getting another level but there's yeah. still this full story with full jokes yeah I think if I, it was very much like Simpsons I, I found like yeah. I didn't get all like, first time around I don't, I don't, mm. I'm sure I still probably wouldn't get all of them now but um, didn't get all the references but it still never felt like oh I missed out on something there yeah. it always sort of like that was really cool you know sometimes you just think oh they're, that's a brilliant way of doing it and then later on you find out that they'd, mm. passed, they'd done that you know they'd taken it from something else so yeah. it kind of works both ways so I haven't seen any of the Evil Dead films and apparently there's a lot of yeah. Evil Dead in Space yeah me too which, yeah, but so. I don't feel like I missed out I no. still loved Space even though I haven't seen Evil Dead so. yeah. it's a very careful hand isn't it mm. to be yes. able to make a joke or a reference like I think part of why I don't like The Simpsons Endless Gentle Thesis and Juvenile I don't like The Simpsons <laughs> I don't know why um, I just don't 
don't never find never find it funny I always find it alienating and I think part of it is pop culture that mm. I just didn't get any jokes because they are always about other things that I didn't understand yeah but um and like That's interesting uh, I also won't pretend to like them either no. <laughs> and it started to, started to become a pushback thing <laughs> um but I think what's based the references are so light yeah lightly do you think they're lighter than the Simpsons I would imagine. Well, yeah. they didn't annoy me. Okay, yeah, so, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, so uh, the ones that I did get were super rewarding, obviously. Mm-hmm. But then they, it's it's the pacing. Maybe it's maybe it's a re- maybe it's fast paced. Yeah. Fast it's paced probably, and gentle. I don't know. Yeah, like it's it's got you know it's got a really high sort of gag per per second. Yeah. Race going on, which which not a lot of, which isn't necessarily a British thing. I don't think. I think it's more. That's more of an American thing, I think. Like mm. something like Thirty Rock or something like that, which is just guy, 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 guy. You know, absolutely. It's like it's not quite at that level, but it's it's pretty high, I think, spaced, which is pretty cool. Mm. If you take metal, the start of metal um, is like from the robots' point of view, mm. Mm. and them looking at it and talking about it, and that's a good start to the episode. But it's also Robocop. Robocop, yeah. And if you don't know it's Robocop, it doesn't matter. No, I didn't. It's, yeah, I, <laughs> I, didn't. I didn't either at the time. Yeah. yeah, but I do now. But like, yeah, same. So many things I didn't know then, but I. Like com- I've seen the conversation then. Yeah, I've seen it now. Also, a lot of the Simpsons, especially like maybe because you didn't watch Simpsons when you were young. So when I was watching the Simpsons, I didn't realize I was missing things that that I was seeing pop culture references. Mm. I just was watching the Simpsons. The Simpsons was the pop culture, right? You know, so yeah. if you come to Simpsons yeah. fresh as an adult, mm. especially when all the references are twenty five years old. Well, <laughs> it is yeah. quite a different experience. Coming of age it. with media, yeah. like yeah, and space has that as well. So it has the rewatch value when you go back and mm. maybe you know a little bit more about life and maybe you know a little bit more about movies yeah. and culture, and so it becomes more to you. Mm. Do you know? Like I watched it. I watch it pretty much every year, a couple of times a year. Like it's one of those things that you mm. just. What are you going to do? Oh, fucking put on space. Yeah. Like when I was living in America, it was very much like we stick on space. Yeah, like it was just something that we did. It was yeah. just mm. this. It's like putting on the radio. Yeah. You know, the film that I watched going asleep for most of my uh, teens on my little shitty confirmation television with my PS2 DVD player was uh, The Fifth Element. I just watched it over and over right. again every night when I was going to sleep. And Spaced is kind of a sister to that. Yeah. Where it, I just, it's just something to stick on. Mm. But as watching it over the years, like watching it aspirationally, like I want to, I want to live in a flat chair with somebody that I fancy with like friend with people who I can be friends with and mm. like a bit of drama but not too much and the the stakes of it all feel really healthy yeah you know yeah. <laughs> and um then you hit that age you think that's not really what it's like but wouldn't it be nice if it was like that yeah. and now watching it looking back you're like oh god bits of it were kind of like that shit yeah and also remember having enough time to be with your friends like that and yeah. remember mm. having remember the idea of being an arts practitioner or a person who draws or writes for a living. Do you remember that being a romantic notion hmm. instead of a stressful one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember not being worried all the time? Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of, the, the progression that you experience with it as a show. I don't know, I've experienced with it as a show anyway, is that like I've grown up with it and it's this fixed, space is a fixed moment in time yeah. and I think I will always go back to it. Yeah. You know? It's weird watching it now where like your markers because if it's one of your markers of cool which it definitely was for me and you're like mm. my idea of what cool is is kind of frozen 19 years ago like <laughs> oh my God, David Holmes and big ski jackets yeah. and you know <laughs> and like a Camden pub that had, there was a poster in the, that episode where they go to the pub in Camden for upcoming gigs right? and one of them is like Coldplay and JJ72 oh wow and Muse and Elbow Excellent. and another one and like propeller heads on the soundtrack yeah. and that kind of Women's clothes are all like twists clothes again now, by that, the way. Yeah, we're back in the cycle. So yeah, yeah. we're back in the cycle. It, yeah. you know, That's good to know. Cool and again. men are dressing like Tim again as well. Yikes. Did you ever dress like Tim? Um, no, I've I've dressed in hobo clothes. Right. Which no. was kind of Tim. Okay. Kind of Tim. It's a t-shirt with long sleeves underneath. Kind of elevated right? yeah. Tim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Elevated to, Tim. Yeah, I used to, li- I used to yeah. live in long sleeve under short sleeve. Yeah. Like around that time. And very baggy pants. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And very big trainers. Yeah, huge trainers. I saw yeah, a description yeah. in... Um, skate shoes, and they you know, fucking skateboards. Yeah, like yeah. I read her, like an interview with Radiohead uh, from 1997 when I was like 13. I said, Tom York was wearing runners look like UFOs. And I was like, that's what I want. <laughs> UFO runners. <laughs> that. And that's what I wore for all of my teens. Now. You, you found some? Oh yeah, big oh, ones. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Look, Just I was in Dundrum two weeks ago fully putting on a pair of fucking Spice Girls runners going, I probably could, couldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too, I could probably do it. I probably yeah. could. I probably could. No, I didn't do it. But like, I'm still thinking about them. 
They're still there. Yeah. You know, I still you picture know? them on my phone. Anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I that the cycle is so strange. I can't imagine men going back to dressing like Tim, but I also feel like maybe that's It's bound to happen. Who's really, who's gonna fucking it? bleach their hair first? Like I'm watching. Yeah. I'm watching Instagram. Like I'm I'm waiting for somebody to fucking do it, you know. Yeah. Men's fashion doesn't cycle that much. The cycles mm. are much smaller. It's basically pant width. Pant width, yeah. And <laughs> it's like the zero number of layers. Yeah. yeah the, cardigan the, or no cardigan, that's kind of it. The scale is like the Dave Matthews scale of like Dave Matthews <laughs> is in the middle of like straight leg kind of pants and then it goes like way down to Pete Doherty on a skinny jean level yeah. and all fielding and then way, way, way up to like I don't know who wears flares. Don't I was yeah. I was about to say uh, the thrills, but I think I'm the only person in Ireland who listened to them. So they were flares. That's all I've got. I think a lot of people listen oh, to them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're not the yeah. biggest thing for a while. Were they? Yeah, I thought they were anyway. I got a lot of stick for listening to them, so maybe it was just my. Oh, well, I didn't yeah. listen to them, but no. Oh, yeah. oh well, oh, well, I know George, whatever. <laughs> they, they were in the charts. They played like oxygen and stuff. Yeah, yeah. they were flares. They yeah, were right. Flares. Another very important thing about space is that nobody has a phone in space. Yeah, oh. well, it just creeps in towards the, the end of I season think twist two. Gets one, I think. Yeah, and, and then, in fact, twist is the one that has one. Is very indicative yes. of two thousand one. And Tim's girlfriend whose name uh, Sophie, Sophie she yeah. has one in yeah. the last episode they try and ring probably her phone. for work yes probably yeah uh, yeah and he's perennially playing his, his, his PS1 and oh, stuff like yeah. that so it does kind of we see that on the screen we see yeah. the screen yeah. of the PS1 on the television screen and I thought that was real interesting mm. I'd never seen not that I had never seen video games in a TV show before but also kind of hadn't seen video games shown that way in a TV show Absolutely. before I was like hold on I do that and then it was in there it wasn't just like a prop in the no. story it was visually incorporated Absolutely. into the story yeah. and like some really funny bits as well yeah involving that yeah like that's fucking that was new yeah at the time all the Resident Evil stuff when he goes oh um, when they go to the Vulva's play yeah and stuff like that and he like he's too drunk or on speed or whatever and and there I guess that was sort of like the precursor for uh, Shaun of the Dead that episode with all the zombies and stuff like that. And there's a lovely moment in Shaun of the Dead where um, Jessica, they, yes. they're they going yeah. through the back of the houses mm. and it's suddenly... All the, her version of uh, the gang. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Her and much more successful version of the gang. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they're all grown up. It's like it's how many years later and they kind of face each other and there's this lovely inter-universe kind of moment and then it just moves on. Yeah. Mm. They just check it, like their artistic histories together and then they continue the story. Yeah. That kind of bummed me out, I think, when that film came out, that she wasn't in it more. Is that she was she pregnant did? when they wrote it, I think, uh. so that's why she had to... Oh, is that it? I think that was it, right. yeah. That if she had me pregnant, she would have been Because I think it's yeah. led to, uh, uh, reading, like, articles about, about this recently, you know, in prep for this, and, um, like, it's it's crazy how, how often she gets totally left out of the... that she created space, you know mm. what I mean, with, mm. with them. Because, obviously, a lot of people's sort of hook into Edgar Wright and uh, Simon Pegg was the... Cornetto trilogy mm. and um, so I think yeah it's always like an afterthought you know what I mean mm. what does she but, do now uh, she's still in like she loads, loads of stuff, of stuff she, and yeah. W1 the BBC thing W1A, yeah. W1A yeah um, she did a great she did a great, I said a little sitcom it wasn't a little sitcom but it was all set in one room so uh, Up the Women mm. oh yeah it was great it was really yeah, good yeah, it was yeah. Really good. it's about suffragettes yeah. really good those, it's, those are things I enjoy yeah, yeah. no it was really funny she's in um, Son of Rambo I she didn't was, see that. Oh, she's waiting. Oh, that. that. Yeah, so. yeah. She plays like um, um, like, but like British Amish. Okay. Like <laughs> weird. Yeah, because the the whole thing. I, is I Rambo. saw Son of Rambo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, she's the mother in that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she's great in that. It's yeah. real. Not a well. pathos in her yeah. role. Yeah, um, no, that is actually kind of a fucking bummer that I didn't even know where she was at because I like love Edgar Wright and I love Simon Pegg and mm. she was half of that perfect show. Yeah. Mm. And I guess that's kind of what happens, isn't it? And she's one that got nominated yeah. for acting awards for it as well. Yeah. She was brilliant. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah. She yeah. was so brilliant. And I think there's a like, great fearlessness in you can you could Zoe Deschanel <laughs> out of her character. Yeah. Like you really, really could turn mm. that into a different story and tell her role you, you with all the same lines. Yeah. But there was there was a different way to play Daisy, mm-hmm. and she played her with such profound authenticity in a way that we don't see women in sitcoms. No, we don't just see them being kind of mediocre yeah. <laughs> and self conscious as well. Self conscious yeah. and like self sabotaging in that self consciousness, mm. and like she's a fucking perfect character because, like I said, I've known a million Daisies, and I I have been, I am often a Daisy, mm. and. That I don't think I've seen a character like her since, and I won't see it like it again. I think like I keep saying that because mm. that's what space is. It's like yeah. a one of a kind, and I, I think 
that the awards thing probably came from it takes tremendous fucking uh, authenticity to, to to the script and to what you your vision to be like I'm not gonna actually cute up Daisy mm. you know Daisy is this yeah mm. and she's not like adorable no but there's yeah. a way to do that like yeah. Daisy puts on makeup as a plot point like at the very end of <laughs> season two chokers like I, yeah. she was just brilliant oh like. and then when she walks into the restaurant and they're all <laughs> sort of going wow yeah, but it's for a cake. <laughs> so funny. It's an equal opportunity put down. Like Absolutely. that's the equivalent of her saying to Tim, like, oh, I'll go put out the rubbish. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. They just they don't care about each other's emotional health at all. No. Mm. No, they're like, really... Daisy never has a love interest either. No. Besides no. her boyfriend she breaks up with like or gets broken up with. Yeah. And like, then her best friend oh, sort of yeah. disappears as well. So it does mm. it does come a little I think kind of it does end up a little bit Tim waited. Slightly. But I think maybe that might have been a intentional decision to not yeah. have like Daisy's love life be like a single gal in the city maybe love yeah. life kind of thing and because it keep, that keeps the tension alive with Tim mm. um, or the question of tension the mm. the unspoken yeah and, and when Tim ends up with a girlfriend with Sophie like the dial changes yeah 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 something in their friendship is broken or lost or accelerated the, or the stakes change yeah silently yeah because like it's it should be a really normal thing, but obviously it's going to have an impact on, on their relationship and on their friendship. And she's devastated. She's, she's jealous and she's devastated, but it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily like a romantic jealousy or anything like that. No. It's like, it's how kind of any, any friend, you know, the same way that Mike was jealous. Yeah. Because uh, the atten- Tim's attention wasn't on them anymore. It was all Because he's normally Philippa. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Like, mm. and that's why it's a fucking brilliant show is because mm. that is extreme. Yeah. Like, and that is not something that you can play at a high volume, like in Friends. That's not like something like you can swing the door open and like Go. scream one liner shitty gags about. That is a quiet, petty human experience mm-hmm. that is actually very funny yeah. and very humbling because it happens to everybody and it can only be played in the way that they do it. Yeah, they had a really nice way of doing, I think, moments like that where, like, you know, kind of real emotional moments, mm. they would play it out pretty, pretty dramatically and then they would just kind of puncture it at the end with something really funny like like when when um mike tells sophie that if if um if you hurt him i'll kill you and then he runs off and then and then sophie <laughs> asks him um did he mean that and he just kind of laughs and says yes <laughs> uh yeah like that's that you don't again the nuance, it's nuance, you know. Yeah. That's actually that tension and the punctuation thing. That's something Hannah Gatsby talks about in the net, mm. the Netflix special thing, mm. where, um, which I don't know if I enjoyed or not, and I don't know if I was meant to. No. <laughs> but uh, I experienced it. Was, it. It was an incredible watch. It was, mm. a, it was a whole lot of things that mm. happened. Um, and another thing that people were like, you're going to cry. And I was like, no, I just got really, it put me in a really bad mood. <laughs> it just made me really upset about the state of the world. But something really, like it's like a wonderful academic lecture, effectively. Yeah. But uh, what she does say is that that's how humour works, is that you build tension, you build tension, you build tension, and then you hmm. pop it. And that can happen in a sentence, in a joke, or that can happen over, over a scene in a serious conversation. Yeah. And I think the way that that happens in space is varied. Yes. And Absolutely. it's just so clever. Oh, yeah, it's just so good. Uh, when I was living in London, I lived like five minutes around the corner from the house mm. for ages. So what I used did to, it feel like? It felt amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it felt disproportionately amazing. Yeah. I used to walk by like, even though if that wasn't on my way. I, I wonder totally what the fucking rent is like there now. <laughs> it went on sale what? recently. And um, oh God, actually, I was meant to take down how much it actually went for or how much it was going for. But in the scene where in this episode where it's getting um, sold, yeah, they're talking about it going for like half a million. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I imagine it was significantly more. I was going to say half a million is kind of reasonable. Yeah, <laughs> for a house no, now. it's an amazing house, absolutely yeah. incredible. The, the when they found that, that must have been Bingo. such a joy. The house lo- is a character as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Like those narrow staircases and like Marsha looming at the top of the stairs, <laughs> like that's fucking iconic. Yeah, you know, mm. like the smoking indoors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it is of a different time. Totally of a different time. It's one of those TV shows when you watch it, it makes me, I'm off the smokes uh, at the moment. Uh, and even thinking about it, I'm like, oh, wow, yeah. It's one of those shows where you want so badly to be in the world that they're in, the trappings of the world that they're in, including the fucking PlayStation. Yeah. Like the fucking smokes. And, mm. Like, there is so much nostalgia. Yeah. 
inherent to it. And I guess aspiration, then nostalgia. You mm. know, if you watch it before and you watch it after yeah. that 25 point. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if it was just me, but I don't feel like it's aged. No. I don't think so. No, like, it's obviously going to be a little bit of bobs like that are going to feel. There's a two, Simpsons too hot for TV poster on Tim's door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ages it very much so. Yeah. And like the Gillian Anderson FHM yes. is a very much a period detail. But in terms of, besides the phone stuff, no. it feels, it still felt I don't think so, no. Do you think it's because of the phone and because of the lack of the internet? Like, because it, it's it's It could be. At yeah. that point. Like, I wonder if, say, something, I guess, fresh meat kind of an equivalent. Yeah. Now, I wonder how that, how that will age in comparison. That is about again young people, but that's very digitally engaged. What am I saying? I don't know. <laughs> they, they have phones. In them. They, <laughs> they send each other text messages. Impressions. <laughs> it takes so much <laughs> twisting and bending and messing around of a plot to try and get rid of fucking smartphones and internet. Yeah. Yeah. In stories, it's a disaster. Like yeah. it is a complete. Uh, it destroys tension. Yeah. Because if you fucking need to have a conversation with somebody, yeah. WhatsApp's literally there. Yeah. Mm. Like it's right there. You can have that conversation. There's no like, okay, we're gonna talk on Thursday. <laughs> And if I want to talk to my Thursday, I have to call their house. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's no, t- it's a dis- it lo- destroys yeah. that waiting period. And I love, that's what I loved watch. I did love watching that back about how they were, call- you know, they're calling the house phone and mm. stuff like that. And that, I, li- I like that. And that, that sort of made me feel nostalgic about those days. I hate to be like simpler time, but also, oh my God, simpler time. Yeah. It's again, maybe it's easier to empathize with them because they're not communicating in a way that's as efficient as we communicate now mm-hmm. um like I, I again i wouldn't have any interest in them if if tim had a really really successful instagram following for his comic book art or if uh daisy like i don't know was like getting pieces published on jezebel in 2014 i think daisy will be quite successful now yeah she like might be a buzzfeed hero. you said this to me this week she would be, maybe she'd be a buzzfeed hero yeah, I think she would. You reckon? Like a Buzz, BuzzFeed Jenny, is that kind of the term? Yeah, yeah. A, a BuzzFeed Jenny. Wow, yeah. that is familiar a familiar with that term now. Uh, it's from a tweet that um, has like an example of someone from BuzzFeed called Jenny tweets something like, oh, I just didn't remember number five of your dad's funeral, sorry. And then man with beard, Jenny, you know, because that's like the reply to every single tweet from I tweet Alan at you at least once a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think Daisy would be... Yeah. Because I guess lower stakes writing is more in now or confessional writing whereas for flaps like she needed ideas and Daisy doesn't have ideas but she does have things that happen to her that she can talk about well she she, she had the bogling idea she had the bogling idea that's true when your skin cares do's and don'ts that's my like my shorthand for just <laughs> I'm just treading water it's like, just a winter skincare isn't it that's actually a really fucking good point about the whole flaps thing is that like that's before people used the word content to mm. describe things that people read in magazines. Yeah. She had to have ideas. Yeah. <laughs> she had to fucking have ideas. Mm. Like it couldn't just be like, here's fucking 15 and my favorite Molly Ringwald gift. Yes, work. Guess which one is Barb? You know, mm. like you can't. It seems so it, unreasonable now. Yeah. Ask for well, ideas. that's probably why they got paid money. <laughs> Maybe. And they, they could pay their rent with yeah. their one. Jesus, yeah. that's actually kind of scary. Holy shit. You know what, Daisy sold, what was it, two articles to Woman's Weekly and one to Bella and she was able to like travel to Asia for three months? Only because her, her, her grand-aunt or grandmother died and oh, left yeah. her money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Su- su- supplement yeah. the 500 <laughs> she got with her. Did she come like back that. with a hilarious tan? Didn't she? Yeah. Tan, she, she have, Jessica Hines looked great in season two. Yeah, she was. She really did. They, yeah, she, she, I think she's gorgeous. I think she's a real, mm. like, again, I know her. I know her. I have a million. I have a million of her in my life, and mm. I. I think there's something lovely. That, like I, I like them both. I think they're both like attractive and like real fucking people. I don't know. Yeah. I think everyone has a real case. Of the same face like, at the moment, whereas they, those two people look like real people. Yeah, definitely. Tim. I mean, Tim is a bit of a dick, really. I mean, he's kind of yeah, temperamental back, and yeah, he's a bit sort of, of weird temper. Yeah, but you know, we he kind of learns along the way, and we kind of go he's through that with him. Yeah, exactly. He's a he's a he's a he's a he's a, he's a, he's a He's a dude in his mid twenties, you know. Yeah, he didn't have like, Twitter to set him straight. Yeah, so he didn't have to like prove himself. He didn't have to pretend to be a nice person to sleep with women back then. He could still <laughs> sleep with women, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like Push. these people don't speak the li- like the feminine girl power. Do you know what I mean? There, mm. there was no fucking discourse. I'm blowing my old mind here. <laughs> <laughs> like, these people weren't in the same. They didn't. The standards of behavior were different. Yeah. Just because Tim's a dick doesn't mean Tim's the fucking worst. Here's a thing no. piece about why Tim is the worst person. Yeah, he's yeah. just fucking a twenty five shitty dude. He's irritable. Yeah. He's sort of. He calls Volva a tranny. 
He does. Oh my god! He does. Which happens? Yeah. I think that, that was, was the o- that was the, the only path. thing. I guess that was the only like... thing I saw that made me think. Oh, you know, that's that would be the only thing, which is pretty good going. Uh, yeah, for a show from that from that. If you time. look at like any five minutes of Friends that time, yeah, you're going to find much more objectionable stuff. I would say. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that can give me slight pause. Big fat I think he says. Yes, wow. I think he said. But then again, like I keep, I went back to the Mighty Boosh a couple of years ago, and I was like, oh my god, there's actually blackface in this. Yeah. Like there's actually yeah there is yeah. like there fully is and I just didn't I was just so so sheltered that I was just like this is fine yeah. like mm. such an idiot child and I think if a show can survive with a couple of moments instead mm. of a oh this whole episode it's over. this yeah. whole over. episode <laughs> is fully blackface fuck this this is terrible yeah. like if you have a blip a blip is a blip yeah, mm. I think we'll have to. I don't I mean, know. It's not for us to know. say, but I, I mean, yeah. kick me uh, off to it. I'm sorry. I, thought I, I was actually, I was kind of watching with a little bit of trepidation, rewatching mm. it, that there would be more stuff like that in it, as mm. like with other shows I've watched. When I go, oh, I can't believe I watched that and thought that was okay at the time. Yeah. Mm. But this has got a thing's got a pretty good score on that front. That's a nice thing to have, isn't it? To be able to go back and be like, I still enjoy this. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's still woke to enjoy this. Yeah, and like I think we've 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 t- the. Another definitely catch all at this point is definitely all our faves are problematic. Yeah, and it's time like people are getting sounder, making kinder media, making better work is really yeah. important. Um, but even if I never was allowed to talk about watching Spaced, I would still probably quietly watch Spaced every year. Sure, mm. you know, absolutely. How has it influenced your work? Yeah, were you already writing by the time you started um, watching Spaced? Was I uh, not? Um, uh, not in any meaningful way I wouldn't have thought maybe a few sketches here and there but not really um, how that's a good question um, I think maybe I, I think I probably would um, dialogue wise I think probably a few little ticks from that show has probably mm. pop, popped into stuff I would write quite a bit I don't know like I don't really do I don't I would love to have the confidence to sort of take on that sort of I don't know that kind of um you know the way the, everything they do is really confident you know what I mean mm. and that's not my style of writing <laughs> I don't think confident um, uh, Edgar Wright is just you know insanely good at that and mm. he's a pioneer of that sort of stuff and I think he gets away with some fucking mental stuff I feel like he's got that um, as as directors go I kind of will just be like I'm gonna love this like even Baby Driver, I was like, okay, I fucking love this. Cool, the women don't speak. Mm. Okay, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Oh, so problematic. Oh, I love this. Oh, I'm going to see it twice. Like, I just really like the way that he makes work. Yeah. Mm. You know, and I, I feel like I make exceptions for him where I won't with other people because of, a, again, a weird romance around the visual style that he that he has. He has a really solid handle on that. Mm. And um, you don't have to worry about it. You don't, you just. It's trusting yeah. in yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Like, this is just going to. He's got it. The same way you can bet on Tim Burton to have like black and white stripes, you can kind of bet on Ed Wright to do good things. I don't know. It's like his like, Ant Man is like a, one of the great like last on. films. I think because oh, oh, I know Ant Man just came out, and I was like, did he fucking direct Ant Man? But no, his Ant Man is a is a, de- a dead project. Right? So this is the sequel just just came out. Okay, the original Ant Man from like four years ago. Him and Joe Cornish wrote that and did most of the prep, and then um, left left for creative differences with Marvel. Wow. And Paul Rudd mm. and Adam Kay, Adam Wright, what's his name? Adam Kay. Adam Kay took over and finished it off and rewrote a bit of it. But you can still see Edgar Wright bits in Ant-Man, but it's not Weird. a full Edgar Wright film. Mm. And it's it's because they've, since then they have started letting directors be a bit more free with Marvel films, but they were still very locked down on them then. Hmm. As in like uh, Taika Waititi's Ragnarok wouldn't have flown like five I years thought, ago yeah. Marvel, I think. They were still very much, there's a Marvel house style. And Edgar Wright was obviously not going to do that. But, um, Fair play to him. It's just a shame. But he, he did Baby Driver instead and Baby Driver is... Baby Driver is fucking great. Baby Driver, like, yeah. yeah. Kevin Spacey aside, it's, it's good. <laughs> oh shit, he's in it, isn't he? Everything yeah. is written... Oh. Everything's wrong. Karen bought me um, the soundtrack on vinyl for Christmas oh, and she so put she put like a sticker over Kevin Spacey's face. <laughs> <laughs> good woman. Yeah. I wonder will he ever go back to Spacey? Like, I'm a little bit scared of it because I know I was talking about Red Dwarf earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't observe Red Dwarf past a certain point. Like, there is Red mm. Dwarf for me that is maybe four, yeah. five seasons long. Mm. Yeah. And then I'm like, cool, that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. That's over now. Uh, especially the things that have happened in the last couple of years. I'm like I don't actually have any interest in knowing what you're doing with it now yeah um, would you watch Spaced again? I'll definitely watch it 
I mean, yeah. I don't, to be honest, I've never, I never really worry about sort of like something coming later and sort of ruining, you know, the legacy or anything like that mm. of the Elstein. No, I, not the legacy, but the story. Do you want to? Do you want to? See I've what no appetite. I've no, I've no yeah. appetite to see it whatsoever. But if it was made, I'd probably get a little bit excited and then watch it. But yeah. um, I read an interview from like two years ago where Simon Pegg says just they don't live that life anymore. Yeah. So they couldn't write it. Yeah. So it wouldn't be I authentic if they played yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there was. I mean, I think. I think the window has passed really probably yeah. for that very much so um, which is a shame because there's only there's only what like 14 episodes, episodes yeah. Um, capsule yeah like a perfect yeah. little capsule and that's fine I guess but obviously it would have been nice to see a little bit more but I feel like from the way you're talking that neither of you have seen the documentary on the box set so at the end of that oh I have seen it you yeah, have I seen that okay. oh wait, yeah, wait. About, yeah. go on so it's like I'm an like... epilogue epilo- epilo- space Basically, at the very end of the documentary, they, um, <laughs> Simon Pegg, Jessica Hines and a writer sitting outside the house and they knock on the door and there's no answer and they leave and the camera follows them out and then pans back. And I'm going to start crying. And then Tim walks out holding a baby. No, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and Daisy comes out <laughs> and the baby's called Luke. Oh no. Oh no, shut up. That's so sad. Oh my God. Why is that sad? <laughs> that is so sad. No, it's not sad. It's beautiful. I don't know. Yeah. And then one of them says, I love you. The other one says, I know. And then they go in and that's the epilogue is spaced. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe, I can't believe, I kind of can't believe they did something so huge. It's yeah, such a throwaway <laughs> thing. They just put like, you t- just like, said that to me. <laughs> <laughs> you said that out loud. I should have made you watch beforehand. I meant to just to, to prepare you. But yeah. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Although, although I kind of would have preferred if I, if I had no, if I could have just run with it myself. I kind of wish you just didn't tell me. <laughs> oh, you don't like endings. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's real. Okay, oh, but it's, maybe it's, there'll be a season three then. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do the season three where they're all grown up and weird and yeah. And, uh, Edgar Wright maybe still directs it. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that's lovely. Yeah. Though that's kind of nice. perfect. And they're still living in the house. Mm. <laughs> Which is now worth about three million pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they've just sold it. Um, yeah. Oh, but that was the other thing. They uh, during that. Uh, that DVD extra mockumentary or, or documentary um, they were like just in 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 looking around the house the inside of the real house yeah. and then who were one of the people who owned the house so the kid comes down and says there's space fans outside taking pictures so they went out and as if you know like imagine you were taking a picture of <laughs> the house and then Tim and Daisy walked out <laughs> which is essentially what happened to them oh my god that, really that, would, funny, be, yeah. that would be a yeah like that, that, yeah. stop and have a little throw up on the ground yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. strangeness also maybe mortified I don't know yeah, they looked wow. a bit shell shocked anyway. Mm. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Have you got anything else for us? Uh, I'll look through my notes. Yeah. Stories. Uh, I have spaced is good, scrubs is bad. <laughs> scrubs is bad. Um, no, I mean that's that's a little bit too. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's just uh, all the all the references. I guess we we we've kind of talked about that. I mean, they're pretty they're pretty incredible. My favorite one, I think, is probably the Scooby Doo gag. Oh yeah, it's a brilliant visual. Like it's such a slow Mm. build. Yeah, where they kind of they're like talking about playing Scooby Doo as kids, and um, yeah, he's like, well, I always played Freddy, Freddy, and she's always I always played Velma. Daphne, Daphne, Daphne. yeah, yeah. and they're actually shagging fucking. Yeah, 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 yeah. and they just—it's like you didn't notice what they were wearing before, and then they just pull away and. And there's a lovely callback in the last episode as well, where they have uh, Shaggy and Velma figures on the mantelpiece. So nice, with their which I think is at the heart of the whole show, really, isn't it? That, mm. That's what that's what it is. It's like they're the <laughs> they're, they're the, the the you know it's a show about being a you know a bit of a misfit and a bit of a loser, and but mm. they're at the heart of the show, and and that's what's really cool about it, you know. We wouldn't like them if they were Daphne and Fred. no mm. no and, and Daphne and Fred live a, a fucking central perk exactly yeah you know we know what Daphne and Fred are fucking yeah. doing like. It's not as interesting. It's not as authentic. It's not as sympathetic. Mm. You know, um, we are still hearing stories about the Daphne's and Freds of the world. Yeah, it's not really as often that we hear about um, Shaq and Velma. Yeah, I think maybe that maybe that element is is, is maybe was stuck with me more than anything in in mm. in, in, our, in my own work and with Dodwar and stuff like that. We always try to write about, you know, the shittier <laughs> you know um, but yeah no it's good yeah it's um, it's the best it's, it's really I was really I really enjoyed sort of watching it all over again because mm-hmm. I hadn't done it for, for a few years actually yeah. I wasn't going to because I know it so well yeah. and now I'm totally going to fucking sit yeah. in and watch it tonight yeah, yeah. like, it's like I, a hug 
Huh? It's like a hug. It fucking is like a hug. And it, it turned is. on and it immediately like sank. It felt comfortable. Oh. And it's kind of sank back and was like, I feel good. Same when I watched Scott Pilgrim um, mm. for the first time in a few years when it came out to Netflix. Yeah. I just immediately just felt like energized from that intro to Scott Pilgrim. Jesus, the, you know, the, the camera, camera starts to back. pan out and you're like, oh, you're just speaking my Goosebumps like every single time. But it's just, it just <sighs> makes you feel good and safe and nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? Like when do you get that? I actually haven't watched Scott Pilgrim in a minute. The last time I saw it was in, this is a disgusting sentence, a fucking midnight show at the Roxy Theatre in San Francisco, which nice. is like the equivalent of a shitty dive bar that's never <laughs> been cleaned, but a cinema. Yeah. And um, it was brilliant. The American Space spinoff was set in San Francisco, I think. Yes. Oh, actually. of course yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah. And Will Sasso plays Mike. Oh, yeah. yeah um, is there a pilot? Yeah. There's a pilot, yeah. yeah. There's only like a, there's like, Seven minutes of it on, on YouTube. The, uh, it's interesting. It's funny it's and in, interesting to watch. Yeah. What's your one? She was in Popular. Oh, uh, Popular was great. What a weird Yeah. One. The Yikes. who played Daisy? Played Daisy. Yeah. Uh, she's in. Yeah. Sarah, Sarah something. Sarah Rue or Rowe. Yeah. 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 yeah she she plays Daisy, and I yeah. don't know who the Tim guy is. I didn't recognize him. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like they got sort of like the same. The problem with that is they can't really. They can't have the casual drug use or they can't have mm. Mike can't have any guns you know what I mean mm. in the states and I in San Francisco there's both like <laughs> yeah. you can't anywhere like you can't have a network use. TV though in the states Jesus. which is a problem for that to, uh, that's the other thing like it's gr- I think the only other times I'd seen like drugs done on television mm. in that way in a way that felt like not really highlighted they're just there like they're yeah. just doing pills like they're just in the fucking back like it's not like held up to the ca- like it's not it's not a big performed. deal it's, it's not like skins or something like happening. that it's not like skins and, it, and absolutely fabulous they do it a bit as well where they're yeah. just always smoking a joint or they're sitting in the bathroom talking and then they're you're like oh my god are they doing poppers like it's yeah. it's just a part of the visual scenery that yeah. you're experiencing mm-hmm. it's 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 um it's just part of their life it's just handled yeah really like, well yeah it's fucking grand um the I mean I guess you can't do that you can't do that on television now and you couldn't you can't do it in America it's, it's very um I think part of the same the reason why we, we we don't get a spaced again is that um not only is the way that it's visually told the way it's written the way the characters are developed television has been sanctified past that mm-hmm. like it's too clean everything is so clean now mm. and uh all those nice little textured bits are all kind of gone yeah you know yeah i mean i hope we get i hope we i mean i guess we hope we get shows again that we that I like I as much as this. I think they'll come It'll just point. be totally different. You yeah. know what I mean? It'll, we'll just love it in a totally different way. But I think that was definitely because that is so of its time. Yeah. And I just and yeah, it's, it's just beautiful. It's there just the best. Thank you so much, Shane Langan. Thank oh, you, thanks Shane. That was for having me. Cheers. So glad we're that's spaced. Yeah, that was deadly. Go. Bye, everybody. Given us the chance to talk about space, finally. That was fucking so good. Yeah. <laughs> it was so beautiful. I feel oh, cleansed. I feel cleansed. A lot of I, things off my chest. Yeah, I've <laughs> I've had my yearly cry. Yeah, <laughs> don't have to do it again till next summer. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm gonna go home tonight and watch that again. And mm-hmm. thanks a million again to Shane for coming on and being such a thoughtful and insightful and lovely guest. That yeah. was cool. He's a very good person. Mm-hmm. Shane is actually indirectly indirectly responsible for Juvenalia. Yeah, because oh. he put me forward for the heads of humor editor job. Way. Which ended at Juvenalia, so it's all thanks to Shane. Oh. Really, so thank you, Shane. Known good person, yep. Shane Langan. Known sounder. Uh, let's do some thank yous. Yeah. Thank you to Brian for producing this episode. Thanks, Brian. Thank you to Dee for her artwork, as always. Perfect artwork. Thank you to Headstuff for hosting us. And How do you put up with us? <laughs> making the studio nicer every single time we're here. Lads, every time. I feel like I should do some sort of a fucking Instagram story about this place because it's just... Yeah. It's or a time lapse. Time, if you could do a time lapse, yeah. the curtains, my favourite yellow curtains are gone. The place <laughs> looks so futuristic. It looks like it's made out of Lego. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know what it's like? Mm? Portal 2. <gasps> oh, Jesus. Where you go from the office when it's like in the 70s up to oh, the 80s and yeah. keep on going. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Future. It's, uh, uh, and oh, Jesus. And the mics are like GLaDOS. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
the mics actually, are like yeah. in the middle of the table like a limmy yeah. robot with like rainbow mics it's fucking cool in here lads it looks mm-hmm. great uh, so shout out to Hesda for doing a stunning job uh, and hosting a terrific network full of other amazing podcasts that you should listen to mm-hmm. for example Mother Folklore which is uh, run by also other known sounder Darko Shay Shay let's just oh my I don't want to pronounce your name wrong Derek um, sexy beasts, sexy beasts, cryptids. Yeah, cryptids. Get those cryptids on monsters. Yeah. Um, if you are feeling festive and Christmassy in the middle of summer, you should go back and listen to Alan and Jean Sutton's podcast, Roast Chestnuts. I'm just saying, Hallmark um, just did Christmas in July, which is where they show a lot of Christmas films in the middle of July. Exactly. What's your excuse, listener? Yeah, <laughs> so, go back and watch them. We'll, <laughs> go we, back and I'll listen. be back soon. Um, yeah, so we're on all the social medias. If you search for Juvenalia and spell it properly, you'll find us on Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, um, that that's a thing you could do. Um, just tell your friends. That's probably the best thing you could do. That's the easiest way. We'd like that. We'd appreciate that. And we'll see you in two weeks. Godspeed. Bye, everybody. HPN, the Headstuff Podcast Network. See headstuff.org for more details.